Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The Opinions, the panel. Very pleased to say that uh, we are joined this morning by James Regan from uh, News Hub, Ross Carl from uh, Sky TV this morning. Good morning, gentlemen. James, can I start with you first? Uh, they'll be popping the corks at TV3. I see they've announced they've got uh, the free-to-air coverage of the Women's World Cup. How cool? Yeah, yeah, really cool. It had kind of been in the rumour mill uh, around these parts for a little bit, but to see the release uh, this morning and the fact that it's going to be on free-to-air with, with heaps of games is great. So really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a great occasion, obviously, for women's rugby um, in New Zealand. And hopefully, yeah, the Blackburns can make it all the way to the final and you can watch it on TV3. So, yeah, it's great. And it's uh, probably logistically, from uh, that point of view, um, not such a hard thing to cover because it's only really in two venues, Whangarei and Auckland. It's not as if uh, you have to ship uh, production and all that sort of thing around the whole country. Yeah, 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 it's definitely looking like that. and It's going to be a cracker. Hopefully, um, obviously, we can get packed crowds at Eden Park for that first game, the Blackburns Australia. So, yeah, really excited, really excited to the TV3 is going to be a part of it along with Spark. So, um, yeah, we can't wait. And, uh, it's going to be an amazing occasion. So that means uh, I've got to come across to you, Ross Carl, and uh, you can get uh, a chance to... Uh, throw the tennis ball up and whack it too because, uh, well, the rugby league ball in this case because uh, Sky and Discovery are now in partnership to show the NRL and State of Origin games free-to-air starting with uh, the Warriors versus the Storm this weekend. Yeah, I think what you're seeing from Sky and from Spark by the sounds of it as well is an understanding of uh, what's required to grow the game. As a behind-the-wall broadcaster, you still have some sort of responsibility to make sure that the, ga- the game grows and you reach casual fans, not just diehard fans who are subscribing all the time. So you've got those people talking around the water cooler and more interested in the product and therefore more willing to tune in throughout the year. So in the case of the Warriors slash State of Origin deal where there's I think a couple of Warriors games against the Storm and the Rabbits and then State of Origin 1, you know, TV3 having that um, allows people who are casual fans to get more of a view of it, get into it, and grow the game and grow the interest in the game, and that's a benefit to the game and Sky in the long run. Okay, let's uh, look at uh, a couple of uh, issues around rugby. Uh, Ross, if we can start with you. It's been an ugly episode, I think it's fair to say, um, after the release of that for review for the Black Ferns, but uh, now uh, they've got to go forward and go forward very quickly, which means they have to appoint a coach. Uh, I read an endorsement from Corey Sweeney, who is now the Sevens coach, Black Ferns Sevens coach, saying that um, the, the man he succeeded, Alan Bunting, would be a really good choice for the job. We're, we're really no better off or no closer to it. We need to hear, don't we? 
Yeah, look, it needs to happen very, very quickly. Bunting seems like a great fit, doesn't he? He led the Chiefs, obviously, and he did a wonderful job with the Blackburn Sevens. And I think as much as what he did with the Blackburn Sevens, as well as making them a good footy team, is after they got that silver in the Olympics in 2016, he had a look from the ground up at the culture and got the players to buy into an ethos and allowed them to help build it. And therefore, you know, whenever you see that Blackburn Sevens team talking about each other as sisters, it's it's real. You know, they're very tight. They live in the same city and it's all on. So I suppose the challenge for Alan Bunting, if he was to get it, would be to recreate that. But with a team that's quite divided across the country, and when I say divided, I mean geographically divided. You know, there are hubs in Hamilton and Christchurch and wherever else for players to train. But getting that team together and building that culture won't be as easy. I suppose the other question is, you know, that... It, elite 15s coaching that he probably hasn't had at that highest level but when you've got Wayne Smith to back you up you probably don't need quite as much of that. If I can make one more point on this Smitty um, I think Christina Sue said on the breakdown this week you know, that we really need to be pushing some of our female coaches and I think it's a really good chance to get people like Wayne Smith and, and Alan Bunting in because really you know, while there's probably some very good coaches coming up Whitney Hanson, Mel Bosman there are, you know, the next level of professional women's players in 10 years' time will probably be the people who are at the heart of coaching the women's game in the long term. And I think NZR needs to really make sure that those players have got opportunities to spend time with elite coaches. And unfortunately, at the moment, that only really comes from the male ranks because of the way it's always been, um, to learn more about the game and the structures and all the things that have been learned in men's professional rugby over 25 years and build the women's game to a point where it's coached by women. I'm going to get to your perspective on this uh, very shortly, James, if, uh, if you can hold the line, and you too, Ross, as well. We'll, we'll go to a quick uh, news break and then we'll come back because um, there, there are points, more points to discuss around it. The panel. Yes, Ross Carl and James Regan with us this morning on the panel. James, and uh, some good points made there uh, from Ross, I feel, about uh, females getting involved more heavily in the uh, the top line of coaching of, of all sports in New Zealand, but particularly rugby as it's topical at the moment. I'll be interested to see, James, too, uh, when all those World Cup squads come to New Zealand for the World Cup towards the end of the year, how many of them will have either women head coaches or women senior coaches uh, hanging around the, the male influence on the side? For me... Uh, if I go, uh, if I gauge it by the Women's Cricket World Cup, um, at this stage, I don't think there will be many. Yeah, it'll be certainly interesting to see where these other countries are at, and I guess for us as New Zealanders to get a look at where they're at, because you know, going off that Black Ferns review, certainly, you know, things things definitely have to change, and it'll be interesting to see where we kind of measure up compared to the rest of the world. So. It, it is a great opportunity for New Zealand to bring as many people into these Blackburn, into the Blackburn's environment as we can because it's a home world cup. So it's easy uh, to bring people in and to get different people's perspective. And, and as Ross said, I guess, let people understand what that environment is like and, and give them the best opportunity to, to grow from it. Um, because we've got, a, we've got a great opportunity to do that because it's at home and as opposed to, you know, travelling around the world and getting ready for the for an overseas World Cup. It's right on our backyard. So uh, it'll be certainly interesting to see how it goes over the next few weeks and few months and who gets involved. But, yeah, definitely that there has to be some kind of female influence in there. But they said that after the 
after the White Ferns World Cup that they would like to see some kind of female influence within their coaching ranks. It doesn't have to necessarily be the head coach, but it's a different environment and it would be great to see um, see that injected into the Black Ferns as well. You guys, you newshounds guys, uh, keep your nose very closely to uh, the ground and trying to pick up on things. New Zealand Rugby, uh, James, have uh, init- uh, initially said that we'll hear who the new coach is this week. Well, it's Thursday already. Uh, are you hearing anything? Have you heard any prospective candidates for that uh, Black Ferns role? Uh, yeah, there's... Yeah, there's uh, sorry, James? They, uh, I know they, they want to release it as soon as they can. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes or whether there's any kind of delay, but it would make sense for everyone involved to have uh, have some kind of direction as soon as possible. So I'm sure hopefully it will be this week, and if not, early next week. OK, Ross, uh, I'll come across to you. on. I'll stay on, uh, uh, on rugby. And uh, interesting, I read a, an article, and it was part of my sermon this morning, about uh, <coughs> referees... Uh, being subject to uh, comment from uh, captains in uh, post-match interviews. And it's happened twice in two weeks, which has been riveting television. I've got to say, the Artie Saviera, one I was right in the middle of, and I I found it cool to get some honesty about the thing. But apparently we're not allowed to have that. Uh, And I just wonder, uh, Ross, in this day and age with professionalism and accountability and players under scrutiny for everything on and off the field, whether it's time to change that rule, time to change that attitude. It certainly made for great TV, didn't it? Um, and I suppose there's an element of rugby which is kind of lacking that other sports have, and that's maybe the soap opera aspect. It's it's far tidier, I suppose, in a PR way when you look across at the Premier League and managers are taking pot shots at everyone and you look at, you know, drive to survive and, you know, drivers are getting into some serious um, fights with each other, etc. It's part of the sporting entertainment package now, so... In a way, uh, I'm on board with them saying whatever the hell they want. And certainly if they're asked a question, they should be able to give an honest answer. I suppose looking at it from another point of view, though, it, people should be careful when they get on ivory towers. Um, players on a weekly basis admit that they push the rules to the very, very limit. Um, especially flankers <laughs> push the rules to the very limit. Um, there are a million rules in rugby. You can make any rule in any way that you like. There are so many things that you can't see within the game as a referee and it's very hard to adjudicate, even in a slow-mo, to get things perfectly right. So when players are intentionally pushing the rules to the limit, that makes them complicit in the decisions that are made. And I feel like maybe before they fire up the refs, having a good look at themselves as to whether or not them and their teams played a part in the rules being pushed and the decisions being made um, should be a thing that they'd consider. It means that are right now has a professional rep aligned with each Super Rugby franchise. So Paul Williams is with the Crusaders. Uh, ben O'Keefe is with the Hurricanes. They get in there every week, talk about decisions, why they're made, how they're made, and work through with the teams, which, in my view, is a really good method of fixing these kind of problems. But obviously, they haven't fixed to the point where Aaron Smith or Adi Saber are happy at the end of a game that they've lost. Um, so maybe it's a matter of, in the, in the meantime, when you set up a process like that, show some faith in the process, and if it hasn't worked in a period of time, then go back and have a look at it after that as to whether or not you should be making big public statements. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I just kind of feel, you know, I mean, uh, I've been watching the coverage of sport for a long, long time, been involved in it myself, and I just think the time has come um, that, you know, 
we, we can hear from them. I mean, it's not just uh, an amateur job anyway, anymore, refereeing. I made the point that these guys, are, are, it's a career path. It's a, it's a way, and in most career paths, when you're on a six-figure salary, uh, you're pretty much accountable uh, for, for what you do. Uh, but it doesn't seem, uh, that Ross, that this is the case here. And, and it, I, I just wonder whether attitudes, just attitudes overall, have to just be a little bit more open-minded about the whole deal. I, I'm not saying that just you line them up and, you know, like a dartboard and throw things at them, but I think when valid questions uh, have to be answered, they should be. 100%. I'm with you on that, and I think the questions that were asked of both Aaron and Adi and the outs that were given were fair ones. Um, but I suppose when you look at it from an employer's point of view, the refs and the players are actually colleagues. And if I was to come on here and throw one of my colleagues under the bus, on national TV, it wouldn't be looked at very approvingly by my other colleagues. So I suppose you just got to be careful around that aspect of it. But I do agree with you, there has to be a certain amount of honesty and maybe there's a balance here. Maybe it's about getting the refs on to have a chat post game and say, hey, look, this has just been said. What do you make of it and what happened? So there is balance. So the refs do have a voice and uh, that's probably the thing that really maybe needs to be in place here. I mean, James, wouldn't wouldn't you love to front up to a post-rugby uh, media conference and have uh, access to a referee just explaining crucial decisions? Uh, w- wouldn't you like that? Yeah, that, that'd be great. Whether that's the way um, things will go or, or the way they should go, I don't know. But having players speak honestly and giving their honest thoughts after a game is what fans want to see. It's what drives. Um, I guess people to, to watching the games because they like the, the soap opera and the characters and they can relate to a player um, you know, the captain of their team after a game, after a tough decision saying you know, I don't, I don't know what went on there that was, that was pretty frustrating I take Aaron Smith, you mentioned Adi Savi as another example, but Aaron Smith he didn't feel disrespectful it wasn't personal towards any, any referee or official, he kind of the best he could under the emotion and, and the you know the hype of what had just happened constructed an argument to what he kind of saw and, and it was pretty decent and it wasn't um, you know inflammatory or anything anything like that it was just his honest thoughts and I guess it would be disappointing if, if New Zealand rugby or, or the governing bodies kind of pull him aside and say oh you can't say that because it was just his honest thoughts and if you can't say that if you can't have some kind of emotion in this game. That we that we watch and we you know that we turn out to to enjoy every week. Then then what's the point? Uh, compare it to NRL. You often see characters and, and you know coaches push the line when it comes to refereeing and, and talking about referees. Um, and we want to see more of that in rugby. In a time when you when you're competing for eyeballs like never before, you want a little bit of a, a little bit of niggle and a little bit of raw honesty and emotion, not bordering on disrespectful, but just just saying it how it is and if it was wrong it was wrong and if they felt they were hard done by then they should be able to say that without any fear of punishment I think I think it's kind of ridiculous um, Ross tennis Wimbledon uh, long perceived as being the pillar of um, <clears throat> of the right thing to do shall we say in tennis and leave it at that uh, have now officially banned Russian and Belarusian tennis players from the tournament this year because of the conflict between Russia and the Ukraine Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, and the fact that the ATP is um, coming from a different point of view and doesn't like what Wimbledon have done um, and don't like the precedent it's set. I, you know, I, I think that 
everyone's relatively in agreement that the Russians shouldn't be in, in Ukraine and that sanctions have to be had. Do they hit people on an individual level? Um, should you be able to play and represent Russia and allow the Russian kind of brand to grow based on that? And certainly the way that Putin um, enjoys to push sports stars and, and physical activities, I think they'd certainly use it. Um, but, you know, Azarenka, Medvedev, Sabalenka, are they people who should be denied a right to, to, to work? It's, it's such a difficult one to get your head around, isn't it? Um, but I certainly think that the ATP and Wimbledon, if they learned around the table before this decision was made and discussing it, um, and they couldn't find an agreement to make this work together, there's an even bigger issue within tennis as to finding one direction for what is a problem for a global game um, where all tournaments are sanctioned by the same body, and yet some of you know, the French Open are allowing it to happen, Wimbledon's not. It seems messy, and they need to get the house in order. I do indeed, um, and I totally agree with that. Seems uh, that's been the order of the day, actually, getting your house in order. Uh, Ross Carl, James Regan, thank you very much for your time this morning, uh, gentlemen. There will be uh, another panel at the same time tomorrow morning. Plenty to discuss as uh, the week of sport. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.